Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey, parents, uh, welcome to another listener's question edition of the Wonder of Parenting podcast. It's always good to be with you. And uh, my name is Tim Wright, along with Dr. Michael Gurian. We've got a great topic today. This is a topic that comes over, up over and over again, uh, especially with moms or with female teachers when it comes to boy behavior. And uh, so I'm looking forward to, to getting Michael's response to uh, the question today. Uh, before we do that, though, uh, Michael and I were on the phone yesterday talking about you and uh, the great response that we've had to this podcast. And and we knew that this information was important. Uh, we just weren't quite sure, um, you know, how readily an audience would grow. And we've just been blown away by your response and your enthusiasm, uh, the kinds of questions we're getting. The next several podcasts will be your questions again. The great response to our Facebook page. You just go to Facebook and look up Wonder of Parenting and you can join our group. And as we were talking... Um, we, we thought, well, maybe if some of you are interested, there might be a way uh, to bring the Wonder of Parenting podcast live to your community. Now, Michael spends most of his life on the road speaking. Uh, and Michael, what are some of the groups that you tend to speak to right now? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, conferences and schools, uh, teachers, you know, professional development, uh, educators, uh, therapists, uh, parents, so a lot of evening keynotes with parents um, uh, and then conferences like Helping Boys Thrive with parents and teachers. So, yeah, I guess pretty much the gamut. So what we were talking about, and Michael and I, by the way, we get out together uh, three to four times a year doing stuff on boys. But we thought if any of you might be interested in uh, bringing Michael and, and uh, me to your community uh, for a wonder of parenting experience, a Wonder Parenting Seminar, uh, we would love to chat with you about that. Uh, if you've got a school community or a church community or you're part of an organization and you feel like you and your organization could get the community together and bring us out, uh, we're kind of what we're thinking is we could do uh, like a three-hour event, uh, about an hour and a half with Michael doing brain science stuff on boys and girls. In the following hour and a half, we could do a Wonder of Parenting podcast live and take your questions. And so if you're interested at all, in uh, bringing in the Wonder of Parenting podcast live to your community, uh, we would love to talk to you about that. So all you need to do is go to wonderofparenting.com, scroll down to the, the submission page, and uh, just put in that you'd like more information, and we'll send you all the details. Uh, one of the details I can tell you is that you get two for the price of one. 
And so if you are interested at all in uh, bringing this message to a wider uh, audience in your community, uh, you can let us know. All right, Michael, today's question is a good one. And we're going to start with the question, and then I'm I'm sure that we will expand because it's such an important topic. Uh, This is from Lizith. I think that's how she pronounces it. And it's a very short message, but wow, is it? It's a good one. I wanted to get your take on Nerf gun play. My son is eight years old and loves, is obsessed with Nerf guns. I didn't grow up with a father and I can't relate to this behavior. It always worries me and would like to perhaps receive information that would assist me in understanding. Now, she doesn't say what worries her, but I'm guessing she's worried uh, that her son may grow up to be violent, perhaps, uh, or uh, you know, use guns in inappropriate ways. I, I can only read between the lines, but I can do that in part because I hear that concern raised over and over again by particularly moms or female teachers, and we'll, we'll talk more about the classroom as well. So, Michael, let's start with that. Let's talk a little bit. Let's back up a little bit of the brain science, if you can, on boys and their relationship to violence or violent images. Okay, that's a big one. Uh, and before we get going, I do want to say to people that that Tim is being generous, but it was actually his idea. I want to give Tim full credit. This Wonder of Parenting podcast in your community uh, was Tim's idea. So everyone, let's give Tim a hand. Uh, okay, so this question, you and I, when we do the Helping Boys Thrives uh, uh, summits together, we, we get this a lot. The I, I think you've hit it on the head in that there's a worry that the child will become a violent child. Um And before I give the science, I just always want to say to people, you know, if you go to Japan and you look at how violent the video games are there, how how violent a lot of the imagery is, you know, in classrooms, um, uh, comic books, uh, fantasy violence, anime, fantasy violence. uh, And yet the the, there's almost no murder. I think there's like 20 murders a year there. Um, So so the concept we have that if if. We do fantasy play and it involves it involves uh, this kind of aggression that it'll lead to violence. I just want to say that that's never been proven. And there's an example of a country where where, uh, you know, it's not going to be proven. Uh, So let's let's hold that on a shelf and think about it. The brain, the brain research behind Nerf gun play uh, is, you know, many fold. One is biochemical. It's going to be testosterone. So, um, and of course the imagery or the equipment exists out in a culture. So we can easily say, well, the culture is training eight-year-olds to play Nerf with Nerf guns. We can absolutely say that, but the, the impulses and then the culture creating these toys comes from nature. So testosterone is an aggression chemical. Boys have a lot of it, a lot more than girls do. It's coursing through their bodies. Um, and, and they'll only become more interested in these competitive aggression um, themes as they get older and they get washed with more testosterone. And then, you know, it'll, they'll, it'll lessen because they'll be involved in all sorts of other activities, but it's, it's always in there. Um, so the hormone does it. And then of course their brains, as we've spoken before about the right side of the male brain, isn't doing words. It's doing spatial mechanicals and visual graphics. Uh, so spatial means objects moving through space and, um, and we want to remember the female brain is, is doing those on the right side, but it's also doing words. So it doesn't do those as much. Male brain is doing a lot of that. So males will tend to be um, uh, attracted to stuff that's spatial. So objects that move through space, Nerf guns shoot out an object, it hits another object. So you put the competition and aggression, which they're trying to hone, right, which is that chemistry, 
and then um, and they're self-training basically on how to hone this aggression chemical in their lives and direct it. And then you you put that together with objects moving through space, and you're going to get a lot of this sort of Nerf gun play. It doesn't mean every boy will love it, but you're going to get a lot of it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. So is it something to be concerned about for parents? Is there the worry that if guys, boys are playing with guns, and, and you and I are, were kids in the 60s, and so, you know, we had cowboy belts and, and guns that we were playing with. Um, you, you said there's no correlation, and yet there's this systemic fear that we kind of have in our culture that, uh, yeah, maybe this can lead to something dangerous. So why is it, or, or what, for boys, uh, beyond the brain science, what is it for boys that this kind of play is doing for them as they develop? Oh, well, it's helping build self-esteem. It's helping to hone the aggression so that they direct aggression, which is a, which is a, a major part of growing up male. Uh, is you're going to need to learn boundaries and impulse control and aggression control and direction of aggression. You know, that's a lot of, of what we need to do when we're maturing young males is help them with that. So this play helps them with that, gives them models for it, heroic models, you know, all of those things. Um, and, and, and the competition motivates them. Uh, we want to remember that because of testosterone, because of the way the male brain set up, a lot of uh, motivation and self-motivation for males comes through competition. And, and while girls can compete, there's a lot of very competitive girls, uh, they, they have more access to uh, uh, lots, lots of other ways for developing what we call self-esteem and for self-motivating. Um, uh, one of the reasons that we, when we train uh, and do professional development in schools, one of the reasons we get teachers reoriented toward gameplay and game theory and competition is because they're, they're finding a lot of boys unmotivated. Uh, to learn. But then once they put it into game theory, and once they start helping the guys to compete, they find the boys are more motivated to learn. So it's a deep part of male development, and it has to be factored in. Uh, so it, though, it's it's helping with all of those things from self-motivation all the way through honing the very aggression and directing the very aggression that we're worried about. And no, it doesn't, if, because a boy uses Nerf guns does not mean he will become violent. There, There's no causation there. It's not going to become causation. It will never be proven. Um, what can happen is that a boy can become violent or a man can become violent and he can go use guns. Uh, it wasn't because he played Nerf guns as a kid, but the guns are, are available. He uses them and he goes and he kills people. And then we think, well, did it happen because he played with Nerf guns? And and so that's how that kind of false link or causal link moves through the culture but it's it's a false link if he becomes violent violence is a mental illness it's a disease 
he becomes violent for a number of reasons, and the Nerf gun play was not one of those. So I'm I'm really intrigued with the the whole concept of of this kind of behavior in boys developing character, and and that's so opposite uh, of the fears that we often express about this kind of behavior. And so I, I want to add in a story hmm. that I think will help. As we uh, walk down this path together, uh, we have a mutual friend. You know him far better than I do, Michael Thompson, who's done a oh, lot of great guy. Yep. writing on boys and stuff. He wrote a, uh, a seminal book years ago called Raising Cain, and then PBS did a series or a, a, a one- to two-hour special on that book. And in one of the parts of the, uh, the PBS series, he was visiting a school, and um, it was creative writing time. And there was a boy, uh, man, I want to say he was seven, eight years old. And he had written a pretty violent story. It was a, a you know, death, there was blood. And uh, the teacher's first instinct, and, and she was female, so it's not a knock against females, but they don't quite inhabit the, the male world the, the way that boys do in this. The first instinct, of course, was uh, there, there's a problem here. There's something wrong with this boy. And a lot of schools have implemented zero tolerance for this, these kinds of stories. But Michael had a chance to talk about what this story was really doing for this boy. And it was character development. He was using uh, violence. He was using, using death to talk about good guys and bad guys. So it was character development. So I want you to pick up on that theme because the Nerf gun is a part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. When I when I talk about this, like saving our sons, you know, I talk about video games or purpose of boys and we look at these these fantasy violence video games, um, which we've all, all agree we can, boys can over, overplay. So we've got to be careful about video games. But the but the stories in them uh, in large part exists to help to give boys models of heroes and to pit pit boys or move boys into a realm in which good has to fight evil. And um, that means boys have to decide what good is, and they have to they're they're nurtured through this and through all these stories and understanding uh, and aligning themselves with the good against evil, and that's a big part of directing an aggression chemical and directing this internally, um, you know, aggressive life. Uh, that's that boys start out very very young, you know, jumping around more on average and and wrestling more and being more aggressive on average. Uh, than girls do. And, you know, people can see it very young, comes in on hormones, it comes in on the the Y chromosome, and and it, it ultimately leads to the building of buildings, uh, right? Aggression leads to building edifices. Aggression leads to, to civilization building. Aggression leads to uh, protection, right, in terms of a soldier. Well, all of this is, is, um, is what these violent video games are doing, and it's a lot of what boys are trying to do when they, they write poems that are aggressive, um, or they, they, uh, like the boy Michael was looking at, you know, where they, they, they write a story that's uh, really aggressive or they draw pictures that are really aggressive. As long as they are having the good versus evil fight, they're okay. You know, um, I don't worry about them. I don't think he does, or you do, uh, it's character development and it's moral development. And it's, they're, it's a really good thing for them to do. The worry would be if a boy um, draws something or writes something that's violent and hateful, violent and hateful. You know, I think that and hateful is really crucial. Um, and he's an isolated boy. So there's trauma in his life. He's isolated. He's depressed. Uh, and then he draws the stuff. Okay. Now it's a signal of probably the depression, his isolation that becomes a mental health worry. 
but just drawing it itself, um, a lot of positives in character development. Now, culture uh, really over the, the centuries has understood this about boys, and that's where all these great heroic quest stories come out of, is this uh, particularly a boy's need to walk through a rite of passage experience uh, where he faces the, the challenges and the lures and the desires and the power of evil and then has to overcome them and fight for what's right and good. And so you've got the modern-day quests like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or Percy Jackson, which are stories about boys growing up, facing good and evil, and uh, and, and that's just a, a part of the makeup, the DNA, so to speak, uh, using that phrase lightly, of boys. That's how we relate to the world. And uh, and so, you know, Nerf Gun Play is, is sort of a form of that. Storytelling is, is sort of a form of that. And uh, for us to, to turn the table, that's such a fascinating observation that this isn't about leading to violence. This is about developing their character uh, so that they learn good from evil. Yeah, we want them. That's what we want. We want males to direct, to be self-motivated. Um, you know, uh, this stuff motivates them internally. So we like that. And then it it directs that aggression, it hones that aggression, refines it, moves it toward a cause, the good, the protection of family, you know, which is basic to a lot of this soldiery and a lot of the fantasy violence is, is protection of your family, uh, protection of your kin, of your tribe. Uh, all of that is actually really, really good. And every rite of passage, um, every rite of passage in all of our ancestral cultures included, uh, you know, some form of challenging these guys morally so they moved through the moral stages the stages of morality you know and they they were challenged to move to new stages and I, I do think that that's what these guys are doing with all of this and it's subtle it's nuanced um but it, it but it as you said it becomes scary and i i applaud i applaud lizith and all of the moms and the female teachers who have who have begun to like explore this the way we're exploring it and 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 you know realize that the guys are fine except the ones who are isolated depressed you know okay those are the ones that we worry about but the guys are fine and this is actually a good thing and then once they start doing that it doesn't mean they shouldn't say hey you drew you know five days a week you drew this violent stuff can you now draw something not violent there, there's nothing wrong with asking a kid that that's good um and it's good to say you keep drawing this violent stuff i want to check what empathy is for you, you know, because part of morality is empathy and, and who are you empathizing with here? <clears throat> you know, and what is empathy, et cetera. So having those conversations with these guys who draw this stuff and write this stuff is really valuable. Uh, and it's part of why the guys write it so that we will have these conversations with them and keep helping them to grow and mature. Um, uh, and I applaud Lizith and all the women who allow this stuff uh, in terms of practicals. I would say that every adult, makes the rules and so if if you know the nerf gun play becomes destruction of property or whatever it is that's not okay so every adult should set boundaries for this play for these guys um you know they should draw a line because that's part of what guys need too they need to draw a line they need self-regulation impulse control so everyone should do that i'm just glad that lizith and people are not cutting this out or shaming the guys or saying it or thinking it's evil or bad this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding 
or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Now, I am going to speak out loud without thinking an insight I think I have. And then you can do whatever you want with it. Before I do that, however, uh, let, I want to talk about a couple resources that we have to help in this situation and, and with these kinds of things. We've talked about rites of passage, and you and I have created several different kinds of rites of passage for faith communities, secular communities, uh, faith families, secular families. And those are generally geared for boys 13, 14, 15, 16. And uh, if you go to wonderparenting.com, uh, there's more information there. You can pick those up. But Michael, you also do a, a, a thing for parents. You've created a new online seminar that gets at a lot of these things, a lot of different issues. So talk about that while I try to formulate my my new insight. Ooh, I'm, I'm I can't wait. Um, yeah, so so the right the rites of passage are there, and they're for both boys and girls, and families of both boys and girls. They're really great. And when you go to wonderparenting.com, folks, and you see those, just to the right of those, you're going to see a picture of me teaching a course, and you can click that, and that'll lead you to this uh, the six hour. Um, uh, Minds of Boys and Girls online course for parents. And we have it set up so that you purchase it, but you don't watch the six hours all at once. You just keep it around and you keep watching it as you get time. Um, And there's more than 100 strategies in there for raising our kids. And this topic actually is one that I cover quite a bit uh, in that. And then folks also get four hours of our group calls, coaching calls together, and then one hour of just personal t- coaching with me, just in case folks have confidential stuff they want to ask about. So six hours, of course, five hours of contact and time together. Uh, and that's there on wonderofparenting.com also. Very good. Excellent. All right. So here's, here's my insight. You and I have talked in the past about this plethora of uh, superhero movies that have been coming out and a lot of different reasons why those are coming out. But he, as we were talking... I wondered to myself a little bit, I wonder if because our culture is tending to move away from allowing boys to express uh, character building through what we consider to be violence, if the reason why we have more and more of these superhero movies is so that we can at least engage in more morality development on the screen if we're not being allowed to do it uh, at home or at school. Oh, wow. Um, That seems logical. Yeah. Yeah, it would it, there is a sort of collective unconscious in a culture and art can reflect that and and maybe in the collective unconscious of our culture the the artists, the creators are are um there's something in their guts that knows these stories are going to play well. They know they know the, there's an audience for these stories. And then I like your insight, maybe in this collective unconscious they're creating this art to to try to do the job of culture, which is to help boys to develop character and 
and direct their aggression. So I, I like the insight. Do you think I have a New York Times bestselling book in that one <laughs> idea right there? Yes, folks should know. He's always yeah. making fun of me for being a New York Times bestseller. Uh, I, I believe you do, Tim. Good. Let's Thank get on you. that. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I guess the, the real insight is, uh, the, what, what you're saying is, that boys need outlets for moral development and we need to understand what those uh, outlets are, not be afraid of them, but put boundaries around them. Yeah, it's it's everything you just said is true. And the emphasis should be on setting the line. And, you know, the line, uh, as we've talked about before, we will talk about again, the key the, to jump off Tim's insight. The key thing is, what's the line between aggression and violence in your family as the listener, in your school as the listener? to this in your therapy practice, you know, on your streets, what's the line between aggression and violence? Because aggression is healthy. Aggression is good. Uh, it's good for girls. It's good for boys. It builds resilience. It's, it builds cultures. You know, it builds buildings. It builds civilizations. Aggression is good. But violence is bad. Aggression is natural. Violence is learned. So, for instance, Nerf gun play is not violent under my definition of aggression. Nerf gun play is aggression, and it's aggression nurturance. And so through this play, boys are nurturing each other, and mainly boys do it, but if girls join, they're nurturing the girls, and the girls are nurturing them through it. Um, uh, they're nurturing. It's a very nurturing thing. It's aggression nurturance. Uh, and there is going to be a line where it becomes violent. So uh, an easy one is, okay, you can play Nerf guns, but you can't hit someone in the eye, right? That's like, an easy boundary and, and anyone can set that and say, okay, if you hit someone in the eye, you know, we take it away for a day or, or take the gun away for a day or whatever the punishment should be, or, okay, it was an accident, but do it again. You know, you're done for a week. So we set a boundary, we stick to the boundary and the boundary is when it's, when the aggression stops being nurturing and it becomes violent. And even if someone cries, like I point a Nerf gun, um, you know, at you, I'm a kid and I point an F at you and I hit you and I accidentally hit you in the testicles, which any boy who has played sometime in his first 20 years of life, he gets hit there. Very, very painful accident. I might cry, but even that may not be violence because it was an accident. It was part of the gameplay. So crying doesn't necessarily mean that it became violent. It could mean it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it. So does that make sense? Yes. And and I, I wonder then about uh, parents like Lazith. Um, male or female, who've got boys, for example, who want to play Nerf guns, and the value of moms saying, "Hey, let's go out and uh, have a Nerf gun fight." Oh, I think it's great. I've had I've had moms come up to me, like uh, just something hits me that I remember a, a couple months ago when I was speaking, and that that mom had heard me speak about five years ago, and and she came up to me now five years later and said, "You know, I heard you speak before," and so I decided I was going to start being one who was going to play this stuff with my sons uh, and uh, and then dad was out of the picture for a while. I think he was serving overseas. And so she did it and, and wow, you know, she said there was so much bonding that happened. She said it was awkward at first, you know, but she did it. And, um, and I think single moms, especially, I mean, any mom could do it, but I think single moms, especially it's a, it's a great way to bond with these kids, especially as they're getting to be eight, nine, 10, 11, somewhere in there, they start kind of individuating a bit. And they're and certainly 11, 12, 13, they're probably not chatting as much about the stuff mom wants to chat about. Um, so she's not getting the bonding there as much, but then she can get some bonding here through this aggression play. So I think it's great. 
if you have a question that you'd like us to tackle, and we're getting them, uh, you know, two, three a day right now. It's been great. Um, we love your questions. So you can go to wonderofparenting.com. It's wonderofparenting.com, and there's a submission page, and you can submit your question to us. Or, again, if you are interested in maybe bringing us out for a Wonder of Parenting seminar, you can give us that information as well. And uh, remember, to um, if you would be so kind, to, uh, to go to your favorite app store and uh, leave a little review for us. And uh, remember to join our Facebook page where we do some stuff all week long uh, to stay connected to you. Uh, Michael, a, a final story. I was uh, speaking to a group of Christian educators. And uh, as we were talking about boy behavior, uh, one of the art teachers just had that aha moment. She said, you know, we've really been kind of skittish about boys and some of the violent drawings that they've been doing. And she said, "Uh, now I listen to you and I wonder if maybe it's not so bad after all. And I said, well, if you read the Bible at all, (laughs) you know, it's a pretty violent book. Oh my and, gosh, yeah. Uh, you know, especially all those Old Testament stories or the Hebrew scriptures, as, right. as you would refer to them. Uh, right. You know, there's blood and killing all over the place. And one way among many to look at those stories is that they're really morality plays about good and evil. And um, and and not and the good guys don't always uh, do the right things, and sometimes the bad guys do the the right things. So, uh, you know, the, the Bible is very, very human and very messy, uh, but it is... Uh, a, a great starting point for faith people of looking at these stories and saying, yeah, this is how boys in particular develop morality. It's it's around this kind of play. It's around this kind of expression. So what I would like you to do, because this is such an important question, is, is to kind of summarize. And uh, rather than being afraid that this will lead to violence, this is actually good for our boys because... Uh, because it hones their natural aggression, it helps hone their impulses, leads to impulse control, self-regulation, because game theory and competition is self-motivating for boys, so it helps develop those motivation centers in the brain. Uh, because it builds resilience, um, because they don't win all the time, they lose, because sometimes they get hurt in this play and they have to get back up, right? That builds resilience. Uh, and it builds moral character, and it can especially do that if as it's getting more and more sophisticated, we as adults are helping to communicate with these guys on what they're learning, asking them what they're learning from this play and where they're feeling like failures, where they're feeling like successes, um, where the line of empathy is and, and where the line of aggression is. You know, So talking to them, especially 10, 11, 12, 13, as they're getting older. Um, and then finally bonding. It's just great for bonding. There are, there are guys who, because of this kind of play, can bond. And without this kind of play, they're just not going to bond as much with with mom, dad, or with teacher, or with with others. So, uh, the bonding is also important. I put it in all those categories. And where? What are the things that we should look for? Some of the signs we should look for that this this aggression nurturance play is leading to violence or to inappropriate behavior. Yeah, look for hate, hate speech or you know something hateful. Uh, a a isolating a group, you know, saying you fag or something, isolating a group, right? And then um, attacking that that um, stereotype, that that core self. Uh, look for trying to destroy others, not within the context of the game, but trying to actually bully others and using the game as a way of bullying or using the aggression as a way of bullying because bullying is violence. It's an attempt to destroy the core self of the other person um, and then look for isolation and depression. If if this this play is getting out of whack, you know, and and there's too much of it, and the child can't draw anything else or can't can't play anything else, um, you know, 
see if this child is depressed, see if see if this is becoming violence and it's a result of, of depression or something going on internally. And then if it's always turning to anger, you know, if, if, if Nerf gun play is always is the child's always angry through that play. Well, that's that that's a signal of something. So let's back up a little and try to help the child understand why he's angry. Lazith, we are so grateful for this question. It is such an important one. I hope it's been helpful for you and for all of you who are listening. Uh, again, you can uh, go to wonderofparenting.com and you can write your own questions to us uh, and uh, join our Facebook page as well. And we'll keep you up to speed on everything that's happening with Wonder of Parenting. Michael, thank you so much for your insights again today. Oh, thank you, Tim. And we thank you for listening. We hope that you will tell your friends about us. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you next week for episode number 35, another listener's question. You have a great week.